You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul explains that even if God understands your language, he will only answer you in the biblical Hebrew he wrote. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. But let me go back to this Italian scholar. He said, these people wanted to be integrated so they fabricated the book of Genesis and you know it is mainly in Mesopotamia Ur of the Chaldeans and so on and so forth and thus the forefather was a Mesopotamian and you know the trick that's his theory and he said they rephrased the canon in making the Pentateuch beginning with Genesis but since the five books connected together were established they came up with this now obviously if I have to prefer I would prefer his theory but obviously I don't endorse any theories because it eliminates a very important point in my perception of scripture I'm convinced it is the one that ultimately as I mentioned in both my books the last ones that God as in Psalm 82 is the universal Elohim that's why Yahweh technically does not appear until the beginning of chapter 2 it is Elohim that controls everything and Abram begins only at the end of chapter 11 from the Toledot of Terah notice who is the last link of the Toledot of Shem and Shem is linked to shepherdism he is neither linked to Palestine or Mesopotamia anyway Richard Benton is writing the commentaries on the 12 prophets see I have my plan also so this reference to a covenant with Abraham Genesis 17 through Genesis 26 which is a sojourning for you it's never your possession it becomes very important and now I'm intervening again in a new way because the people appeal to me and I'm going uh, to take them away from their slaves situation of being slaves which is very hard to translate Abadim from being slaves technically but then the English makes it bondage and slavery one more time the original is more realistic and I have remembered my covenant 
meaning it's a punch in their face. Your call reminded me of the covenant I made with your fathers, whose children you are. There is a saying in Arabic, which I use very often with my nephews and nieces and so on, and they get upset with me. Well, I love you and I respect you, not because of your beautiful eyes, sweetheart, as North Americans say. No, because you are the child of my brother or my sister. They can't stand it. When you turn 25, I'll let you know if I still like you or not, because now you are independent. Ask them, they are still living. They can't stand me for that, but who cares? For the sake of the fathers, this is what it means. It does not mean how a NATO person understands it at all. Because for the NATO person, you define your parent. Go back to my classic example, when a teenage girl tells her friend who point to her that this is her mother. Wow, that's your mom? She looks exactly like you. Can you imagine in the Middle East telling this to a mother that she, the mother, looks like her daughter? But it is acceptable all over the place because the subject of the sentence is the subject matter and thus the reference. It is I. Notice how I make fun of the non-Semitic languages that need to add the personal pronoun to stress. I eat. Well, in Hebrew, you don't hear the I. You figure out who is eating from the verbal form. And I want you to understand and try to repeat it and take seriously what I said in my books, that even if God understand your barbaric language of Northern Europe, he will always answer you in the biblical Hebrew that he wrote. And don't you ever imagine anything else. And if you want to have a better chance, just learn how to read Hebrew and mutter it, as Psalm 1 says, because it will be easier for God. He doesn't have to open his app to figure out your language into his. And notice, I remembered my covenant. It is fantastic. Remember, the covenant is mentioned in verse 4. I also established my covenant with them. And he's linking his answer to the people in Egypt now with his remembering of that covenant. Because the Mosaic covenant is not yet. So 
So therefore, say to the people of Israel, and here again, you know, English makes it suddenly people. The people of the United States, we the people. No, the Hebrew is B'nai Israel. The children of Israel slash Jacob. And thus it is referring to the same thought of the previous verses, meaning of the fathers with whom God had made a covenant. Friends, that's what we're dealing with. Why? Because the Hebrew has two possibilities. It can say Am in the previous chapter. The author used Ammi Israel. But here the text is saying B'nai Israel. Is it the same thing? No. Except for theologians. That's why I critique the theologians that they are writing their own thing. They are not communicating the content of the Bible to me. At least the Orthodox are the most correct in that because they tell you between themselves, uh, come on, who cares about the Bible? It's theology, Orthodox theology. But they sprinkle it with Bible so that the people would accept their teaching. At least yeah, that's the word. They are honest. So the Orthodox are hearing for the first time a compliment to them on my podcast. They are the most honest among those godless Christians. Did you like that? I combined honest and godless in the same sentence. Because they exactly like the non-Orthodox are doing the same thing with the Bible, are using slash abusing it from the perspective of their eternal ego. And then I will bring you out and then with a nice expression outstretched arm. Nice expression in Hebrew but those who know check on it. And then one more time to end up with this God as being the judge and with great acts of judgment. In Hebrew, it's clear directly and in judgments. Mishpatim. One more time. God is always the judge. Who decides at one point to act as your father? Repeat that after me verbatim. God is not your father. He is God. Even in relation to Jesus, notice at the beginning of 2 Corinthians, Paul addresses his thanks to the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. That person, whoever it, she, or he is, is the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I will take you for my people and I'll be your God. This you're going to find also towards the end of the story. Take, for instance, Ezekiel 34 and Ezekiel 37 and they shall be my people, 
and I shall be their God. So they do not become his people and their God at the end of verse 7. Not even the second day of the Exodus. Not even when they settle in the land. By the way, those who left, as I keep repeating, did not reach the land but a new generation. It is at the end. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And Ezekiel is very important because he phrases the so-called salvation out of Mesopotamia as we call it a second exodus or another exodus. And in chapter 20 it's very clear that he links both exoduses together. And the interesting thing, and I would like to end with this, in that chapter, that the first exodus, because the first exodus appears as though he's not judging the people, although Ezekiel read it as a judgment, the second one, right from the beginning, he says, I shall take you out into the wilderness and I shall judge you. So one more time, friends, we have to hear texts and not combine. Well, Ezekiel is saying the same thing as Exodus. I don't know. You have to hear what Ezekiel is saying, what each book is saying, and try to understand in which sense they connect one to the other and not via your Lutheran or Anglican or Orthodox or Presbyterian theology. The text has priority. It is the Alpha and the Omega of everything. Remember the ending of Revelation, and which is taken from Deuteronomy. If you add or you subtract, you are slapping the scriptural God in his face. Verse 8, he will bring them into this earth, which I swore to give one more time to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Because notice in Genesis, the promise of the land is repeated to each one. I will give it to you. Again, the disastrous RSV for a possession. And the Hebrew is from the root Yarash. Morasha, as an inheritance, I am the Lord. Meaning one more time, I know you heard it, but I need to repeat it, because I am the sold Malik proprietor of that piece of earth and of every earth. You are just roaming around from the verb gur as sheep do. But the proprietor, it is only I, and I refer all the time when I get to that point, to that showdown between Samuel and the people in 1 Samuel 8. The people who wanted a king, and Samuel, how could you ask for a king to be like the other nations when your king is only the Lord, 
by then also of the Torah. So in 1 Samuel, this Lord God is not only the God of the fathers, but also the Lord of the Torah. So the showdown is much more powerful than the showdowns of Genesis and the Torah. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.